0: Hey, welcome to episode 21 of Inbound Agency Journey. This is Andrew, and I'm fired up to have you here today. We're bringing Nick Sal from the HubSpot Academy team onto the podcast to share his perspective after he has consulted with over 200 agencies and helped lead the HubSpot partner broadcast to over 100 episodes. Whether you're a HubSpot partner agency or not, you're going to have some great takeaways from this interview that will help you grow your agency and really educate your current customers. Even better. So, without further ado, here we go.
1: Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies, shortcomings, and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and Gray.
0: All right, we are fired up to invite Nick Sal from the HubSpot Academy team onto the podcast here today. Nick, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing fantastic, Andrew. It's a, it's a beautiful Friday here in Boston and uh, just came off a really, really great week of uh, HubSpotting and, and, and hanging out with some agency folks. It's been a awesome. good week.
0: Well, this is a little bit of a, a new page on Inbound Agency Journey. We want to bring you on because you have an awesome perspective that can touch agencies at a lot of different levels just because of how many agencies you interact with on a weekly basis. Before we dive into some of that stuff, would you mind sharing with folks a little bit of your personal background and how you got to where you are at HubSpot right now?
2: Uh, Sure, absolutely. It's it's an honor to be on this webinar here, Andrew, because this is what I've been all about uh, working here at HubSpot for the past four years is uh, working with awesome folks who are taking software and great inbound marketing concepts and making amazing results that really move the needle and drive results and grow business. Uh, So I've been here at HubSpot for over four years. All of that time has been on the services uh, division of HubSpot. That team, so consulting one on one to new customer accounts, working primarily with our new HubSpot agency partners who are using HubSpot just time and time again over over two hundred accounts I worked one on one with just getting started with those first few months of inbound marketing and, and HubSpot and all the transformation that comes with that and uh, got involved a lot in producing webinars that 's kind of my passion here and something that HubSpots let me do is to put on different webinars uh, covering the success stories of HubSpot partners and their clients that they're they're using the software and inbound with it's just so cool to see what people are doing uh, with the, with the different tactics with the software and uh, and inbound in general. Awesome! So,
0: and if yeah. anyone listen here, if you're not a HubSpot partner right now, if you're working with another automation tool or if you're just out there considering getting things up and going, keep listening. A lot of the stuff we're going to dig into can be applied to your agency wherever you're at. Um, we want to bring we want to tap into Nick's expertise uh, from those over 200 consulting connections that he's been going through. So stay tuned. We're going to dive into some of that. Um, so first of all, Nick, have you, the types of agencies that you've seen and that you've worked with, have you noticed anything? Uh, what sets the, the successful ones apart from those that kind of, you know, aren't able to put the things in place that move them forward?
2: Yeah, it's a good question, uh, Andrew. And, and we've t- I've been talking about this a lot this week is agencies that really have an entrepreneurial mindset. Uh, when when really they take ownership of their own success and of their own goals Mm -hmm. and uh, they they see us as a resource but they know if it is to be it's going to be up to them to really make it happen so it's just that agencies that have the right attitude because all the other uh, every agency is given the same equal access to the resources that we have the types of people they can consult with here every agency gets access to the same the same resources, the same guidance uh, same events uh, typically so uh, that that uh, their attitude, I think, is the biggest thing. People who are true entrepreneurs and want to really grow their businesses. I love
0: that because, like, you can you can lead a horse to water, you know, but you can't make them drink. That old statement. The you yes. can throw as much education and as much structure, but people have to kind of pick up the ball and run it down the field themselves. Um, so yep. I think well, the folks that we work with, um, you see that time and again, it's the folks that are committed to doing inbound for themselves. They're committed to trying out new things, to kicking off a podcast, to starting webinars, doing that kind of fun stuff. Um, try yep. it out on yourself first before you you know, go out and roll it out with clients.
2: I totally agree, Andrea, because, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know it's harder to do for certain agencies and people in certain situations. I'm not denying that at all. Uh, but what I've noticed is the agencies that succeed is no matter where they're coming from, and some of them have really challenging situations when they come to us, is they're willing to to climb out of that, that place they're trying to get get away from or climb towards that goal. And it may be harder for some, but that really doesn't make the difference. It's really just that attitude to get to where they need That's to go. That's
0: awesome. Do you see any differences yeah. between like a bigger agency that might be traditional that that says we need to catch this inbound train versus a smaller agency that is just starting their business as an inbound marketing agency? Do you see any any differences in mindset or any differences in approach between those two?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, and I, I think you, you might think, Oh, if, if I only had all these resources to start with, but that may not be the case. Uh, larger agencies will have traditions they'll have turf wars they'll have people with vested interests in other ways of doing things uh, they'll have to have more meetings perhaps they'll be more at risk I think in what's already been established for changing uh, you'll I mean there can be those challenges. Uh, I think what they, what larger agencies typically have going for them is already a good stable of clients and if you're fortunate that those clients trust you and they're growing clients, you're getting them results they have they have increasing budgets then they they can, switch over to a more premium service like what you can offer with inbound so there's pros and cons to both but i don't think right away just having more people and more resources from the beginning is what makes the biggest difference so long as again you've got that burning desire you've got the the motivation and you have and you're willing to learn business uh you know some business fundamentals and you can practice those like an entrepreneur so i think smaller teams um, you know we see them can grow very fast and can be very profitable even in a short period of time, and then can hire on and expand. Yeah,
0: that ability to kind of pivot, and even though you're small, you're also lean, you can shift directions based on the lessons you learned.
2: Yeah, I mean, some of these agents, I mean, like, I was, I was just visiting a 17-person agency, uh, and they're probably the largest agency that does inbound marketing in the whole Twin City area of Minneapolis, Minneapolis-St. Paul. You know, 17 people can do a huge amount of business. You know, you're talking about, like, a million-dollar run rate in That's revenue. That's awesome. Uh, you know, so, I mean, it's... It's not like you need an enormous team here. If you, ha- if you are a big agency, like you may carve out a division and say we're going to do a startup within the startup. But let there be like a- an agile group of people who can pivot and do this thing fast without a bunch of uh, committee meetings. Yeah. You know?
0: Now another thing, we were, we were kind of chatting about this before we hit record. Um, but you've been at HubSpot for four years and you've been able to see them grow from like a regional startup to more of a global company. Um, mm-hmm. Can you share anything about the types of partners you see coming in uh, internationally, whether it's through the Dublin office or Australia? Um, what is, how is that shaking up the partner community and, and the kind of education you guys are creating over there?
2: Well, when I started uh, taking on new partners that were being sort of recruited or came to us as inbound, uh, that was maybe three and a half years ago. But even back then, Andrew, we were dealing with international uh, partners, I worked with people who were in Britain in uh, Belgium, in France in Spain, in uh, ecuador i mean i 'd be on consulting calls where one person could actually speak English and you know i we just had to wait for that person to get on the call and and for like 10 minutes we're just sitting there waiting just because we're all so excited we want to help and they want to do the partnership they know that like you know we'd stay until eight o'clock at night sometimes to onboard the australia partner i onboarded an an agency in australia three and a half years ago you know but it was it wasn't until now that we said all right there's a big enough market here because i know it's tough with here's what i've noticed as we've taken on international partners there is a little pressure to be like hey I want to be supported just as much in terms of your availability and uh, the local languages and stuff as you do for your North American partners. But it's hard for us to it's hard for us to pivot when we've got li- limited resources and for the longest time 90% of our activity was still in North America. Yeah. So so what I think you've seen now is there's been a, a big enough critical mass that we said okay this is now 2%, 3%, 5%, 10% uh, let's start put sending people over there so we can grow that DB even awesome. more. So you've seen it accelerate a lot, and to your point, uh, I think that Australia's got something really exciting going on down there. It seems a lot of, a lot of energy and excitement coming out of the, the new partners and quality agencies partnering with us in Australia. That's awesome.
0: So yeah. kind of pivoting a little bit, um, could you share any success stories that you've heard when you've been working with some agencies recently that could be inspiring to some folks in the audience of um, folks who have been able to see some growth or seen some client success recently?
2: Sure. So I well, first thing I'll just say is when I look for success stories, I'm talking about people who are doing inbound, who are practicing and using inbound powered on HubSpot. There may be other platforms, as Andrew said. I'm not a salesperson for HubSpot or anything like that, but that's just the hub, that's just the platform that I eat, sleep, and breathe. That's the company that you know that pays me. That's what I believe in. Uh, so that's what I support, and I, I look for success stories of people using HubSpot and inbound, using HubSpot, and try to share some of those stories. Uh, However, we do share for our agencies the people are trying to build a business on top of the usage and success of HubSpot. We do share some things about how to build the team to recruit people uh, for sales and for for lead management. The thing that HubSpot gets you, leads and sales and, and that type of thing. So the types of success stories that we look for are people who are emulating or modeling the types of success that we wish all of our partners had. We look for those bright spots. Gotcha. You know? and try to and try to say you know what i heard that you did something fantastic you sold a retainer size that's an unusual uh size and you've got an an unusually large deal for a large client could you tell people about how you did that you know you're a small agency you landed a very valuable retainer would you mind sharing just a little bit of some of the highlights from it and most partners actually go yeah first of all because they're grateful for the partner Mm -hmm. community and everything that they learned but second of all like they, yeah, it's amazing. They want to celebrate, kind of brag a little bit, and, and come together with the community because we recognize more than anybody what a big deal that was. Uh, the great campaign they launched, the big deal that they closed, the amazing team that they built. You know how hard that is, Andrew, to, 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 to achieve the goals that you're trying to achieve. So uh, I think everybody understands that like, I want to hear stories, and I'm going to share my story when I get there too. Yeah. You know, So we just try to create that opportunity. That's all I'm trying to do is, is to create as big a platform as we can working through great podcasts like yourself to get more agencies telling their that's stories.
0: That's awesome. And those stories are inspirational. I know that's the feedback we've heard here yeah. on inbound agency journey is when you hear someone else who started small and grew something big, that's motivation to keep moving forward. And I think that's something that you guys do so well on the partner broadcast is just bringing on those folks who might be further on in the process than, you know, if I'm listening as owner of Guava Box, uh I'm, I'm finding inspiration because I'm seeing where I could be and I'm getting ideas to help me get there.
2: Yeah. I mean, the reason why we brought in uh, partners to tell their stories, like little segments, 15, 20 minute uh, interviews into the partner broadcast, which is a monthly news hour for uh, HubSpot's agency partners, like a webinar that everyone can join live is we wanted something to balance out the healthy portion of data and information and announcements that were on there you need that motivation as you said andrew you got so so it's sort of like here's what you could do here's what's new here's what's happening and now here's a story to get you the emotional part to propel you forward to motivate you to take action on what, I, what we just told you That's so awesome. i really think that having having the the success story is not going to necessarily say these are the tools to get it done, but it's going, to, it's going to get you that emotional motivation to go, yeah, I'm going to act on the information or that call to action at the beginning and at the end. So you guys provide that power-packed fuel uh, to get people to take action. Awesome. Um,
0: yeah. So I kind of shifted here a little bit. You, you operate almost like um, – like an internal marketer, an internal educator in your role, and you've done some pretty creative things uh, when it comes to managing the partner broadcast. A lot goes into that. Uh, would you be able to share any of the specific processes, lessons that you've learned? Um, you guys just celebrated 100 episodes. Um, share, mm-hmm. share with some folks, what have you learned through that process?
2: Awesome, yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up because uh, we did actually cover and document some of that in the hundredth episode of the Partner Broadcast blog, which anybody can see. You can download the slides, uh, but it was pretty cool to, to pull off just a hundred of these episodes. I know there's a lot of people who do podcasting out there, and uh, and and all the more power to you. But I mean. I feel even that everybody, if you have a series like this, like Andrew, you better blow it up big when you get to your 100, <laughs> you know, inbound agency journey episode because you just should. It's just good best practices, you know, you hit a milestone like that to have a big blowout. So you should do a big special. But what we covered there is um, um, that what we wanted to have a place where all the teams would come together. We have the sales department. We've got marketing we've got our team and services, academy and education and we're all doing our thing every single month and we would have internal team meetings where we would discuss our goals and i'm sitting there in the team meeting going wow our agency partners would love to hear some of this stuff mm-hmm. you know this is really exciting good stuff that we're all getting and what about our quote unquote partners who are who are working with us to achieve these goals we're talking about you guys Like now we're going to all have to play telephone and kind of tell them a bit more about this. So I was like, let's bring some of this into the partner broadcast as much as we legally can without like showing too much of insider information in terms of performance numbers and stuff. So we wanted to create that feel of, all right, this is not where you're going to be sold to. And this is where the insiders come together. And this is your team meeting with us, you know, Uh, and create that environment of, yeah, we're all on the same team. We give you as much access to the information as soon as we get it. And there's always going to be a place you can go no matter where you are in your level of partnership where you get the same information. You get to hang out with the Platinum Diamond partners. The new partners get to be recognized and you know, just a, a town hall for this 3,000 agency-wide network we have now. Awesome.
0: So on the, um, on the technical side of it, as you are there, you're the yes. producer of this show. You're bringing together a lot of different team members Walk me into that pre-game checklist. What are you – when you're setting up for for a new episode, what goes into that process?
2: Yeah, you have to have some sort of a production meeting of some kind. Get people together and say, this is what we're shooting for. For this month, and really earlier than that, you need to look at the whole year and say, what are sort of the cycles? What what are going to be the big themes? Uh, we got the end of the quarter is going to be very important to get the to get our partner network motivated, and and uh, because you folks should be thinking on a quarterly basis too, right? If you're trying to drive towards a specific revenue number. We all should be trying to drive so, towards specific growth numbers every quarter. So we try to think of those and, and to, to start laying out themes across the year. We know inbound, the, that event is going to be huge, so we've got to think about that. So then as you get to that month, you remind everybody about the theme. You email your, your go-to list of volunteers who are sort of my news sources from each of the key departments and say, here we go. It's, we got, we're just a month away now. We're probably about a month out. Uh, what are your big highlights for this month? What's your team – been working on? What are you going to be war- working on? Because we don't, we don't break the news necessarily on the broadcast because it's once a month. I'd love to do it maybe more often and the format might change. But for now, it's like we're recapping gotcha. the news. We don't have a lot of time to, to do an entire segment. So we try to get folks to send in short and sweet headlines as to what webinars they did, what articles they wrote, what new resources they launched. And we'll make sure that this is the one listening post time where if they missed any of that, from the month they'll hear about it at least the third thursday of every month so we get those emails out to them i do a google calendar invite mostly managed off a google calendar invite like google spreadsheets that type of stuff you invite all the people including like any guest speakers any external partners that i want to bring in to interview they all get on that calendar and anytime i update the google calendar everybody gets an alert right so i already have links to the landing page and to the you know the overview and i update the agenda in that google calendar and as the headlines start to come in. Like you need to give me those slides no less than a week before the webinar, ideally. Now it's hard to hold people to that, especially when you got sort of like breaking news, like work that they're doing right up to the last couple days before the web- before the broadcast. But generally, you want to have everything in before two days before you go live, so you have time to adjust the deck. I manage the deck. I collect all the slides and we style it a little bit, switch it up, put our wrapping paper around it, and then we're good to go. Everybody's got to be in there 15 minutes ideally before we start. I book out the room for a half hour before and a half hour afterwards so I can get in there. And it's really actually quite simple production-wise. It's a laptop, a go-to webinar subscription. I'm not even saying that's like the best webinar platform, but I'm comfortable with it. It definitely mm-hmm. works. Spin that up. I learned the hard way, Andrew. I don't know if you've ever had this, but you got to have two recordings. You got to have double redundancy on everything, yes. especially if you're going and do this live. Like, you guys are lucky that you have this in a recorded format. Maybe I should have thought of that ahead of time but people, people expect us to do it live now so this always brings those thrilling unexpected things that can happen but you know so so you want to make sure that you've got double redundancy you got two people logged into the webinar you got two people hitting the record button because it definitely happens if one computer just switches off for whatever reason you can jump onto the other one as a backup uh because you, you do not want things to just stop yeah. uh but but yeah, so I think that's what you do, and you keep the energy high. There should be one person who's kind of the host, like you are today, Andrew, is the anchor, keeping things moving along, keeping the keeping an eye on the time, and then everybody does their bit, and uh, it's 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 fun. It's very it's not very complicated, and I think everybody uh, enjoys doing it. You get them all in the same conference room, of course, okay. if you can.
0: Awesome. I think that.
2: How's that? How's that? That's that a was rundown. a
0: whirlwind, man. You just walked us through the whole thing. That was
2: awesome. Well, I know we had limited time, but I just wanted to give him a taste of it. There's more detail on the on the 100th Partner Broadcast. We'll definitely
0: include that link in the show notes on this episode so that folks can d- click there and just dive in a little bit deeper. Um, through that process, what struggles have you guys gone through, as, especially as the format has evolved? Because that's one thing I respect about the way you run this is you don't mm-hmm. just Pick one thing and go with it. It's always, it's always moving forward. It's always evolving. And uh, how does that process work? Is it, is it birthed out of struggle or where does that come from?
2: Well, if, if, it begins with different people have, have run the show at, at different phases and stages of the company and the partner network in general. Uh, The 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 predecessor to this partner broadcast was something that Patrick Shea, who's a director of marketing for uh, all of our partner marketing in our in our other uh, industries that we that we target, and he did a partner office hours back then uh, years ago, and it was just a weekly, you know, he kind of picked the topic and then as, as things grew, he got more production support An Academy came online in like 2012. And then we started helping out and Academy had certain design standards and production standards that we kind of helped Patrick with. Cause this was a labor of love for Patrick. The whole, the project always has been a labor of love. Um, and, uh, just totally an extra credit thing. And then, so then Alan Perlman got involved and then I got involved once I joined HubSpot Academy in 2012. I joined HubSpot in 2011, but joined Academy in 2012. And like each time people came in, they would add some additional ideas and flavor. And I was already doing informally these interviews with other partners. So when I came involved, I said, we got to bring these interviews in. People are loving hearing these interviews. We have to add this to the basic news and sort of topical uh, things that you guys are, are covering. They were kind of covering the news. I was just covering success stories like you know, the human interest Piece. Let's combine those two. That just made total sense, and everybody was all for it. Uh, and then uh, we had Al Badricki come in, and he helped me kind of with a bit more structure. We started creating spreadsheets and projecting topics a little further out because it's always been sort of like, "Well, what, what are we going to do this week?" You know, and we're just days away. Uh, we started getting a little bit more formalized in terms of the, the themes and the topics, and. I think you just got – I mean the long and the short of it is is as new people come on or periodically, quarterly or semi-annually, you have to step back and be like, what are we doing yeah. here? How can we make it better? How can we get more people to come? Uh, and uh, that's, that's been a big uh, question I'm asking now is how can we get more people to watch? I understand you can't always go live, especially if you're not in this time zone, but how can I make it interesting enough uh, to you that you would want to go watch mm-hmm. it? That's the
0: so thing. the the value there seems to be in self analysis and not being scared yes. to look at what you do and how you do it and tweaking it and, and seeing what happens.
2: Oh, absolutely! Are you kidding me? Like it's it's got to be. Uh, and maybe this is because I've been a DJ on the side. You know, sort of a hobby of mine, uh, doing like private events and stuff for the last ten years is great. Music is just what they need. I want to give the partners. These other agencies. What do you need? And what I'm hearing is we want to hear news. We want to hear about certain product. We want to hear about new product things. We want to hear stories. Like there's always a variety. So inevitably, not everybody's going to like every minute of what you do. But so long as they know you're trying your best and you're going to continue to learn and experiment and everybody's been really supportive in the audience, these agencies and stuff. Like that's something if you're trying to produce something like this, realize that people are just happy that anybody's going to step up and bother to create the create the conversation yeah. around what we're all trying to do. So people have been very accommodating, and I just try my best to get the feedback, to look at what showed up in the chat window, emails that people send me before and after, putting in surveys and polls. Like let's just give people what they want. It's not about what I want at all. Awesome. I'll get what I want if I can create a great program that that you folks want. <laughs> here. You know, and I'm sure you feel the same Amen. way with with your program.
0: Awesome. So through that process, um, we like to tap into folks and see if they have any favorite tools that might be lesser known you've mentioned the Google calendar invites and go to webinars so far any other tools that are critical to your process whether it's running webinars or any other part of your job
2: yeah I would say it definitely starts with collaborative documents like google spreadsheets google docs i mean it's it's almost an afterthought now, but wow, was that a total game changer because now I can share schedules and lineups, data points and stuff in real time, and I know that they have access to what i'm to that information in real time. I know they don't have to wait on an email from me or worry about the latest version it's all in real time. we can all collaborate on it, and I can hold people accountable that way. Uh, the calendaring system, the fact that it's almost universal, I can send a Google Calendar invite to anybody and it's, it doesn't get garbled in the email or whatever. I mean, that's that's fantastic. Those are key tools. I'll tell you, using the Citrix product suite, uh, I will have to give credit to Citrix. Sometimes you, you get frustrated because you're doing very valuable public work on their platforms and things crash. Yeah. And, you know, but I think they've done a pretty fantastic job keeping things simple and things are really stable. Uh, so I think that I'm I'm pretty I'm more or less satisfied with what Citrix offers at that level in the market for their products, and um, I've loved using them. So I think I don't think I think we're using fifty percent of what we could potentially be doing on those platforms in terms of sharing documents, creating breakout groups, using more polls and interactive features. It's kind of like people with any software product, HubSpot, no exception. Is wow, if these folks could only use, you yeah. know. Fifty percent of what they're paying for, they would be so much happier, and they would get so much more of what they want. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> so those are kind of my, that's my bread and butter right there. Wistia couldn't do what we do without Wistia doing the, hosting the videos. The analytics are awesome. Uh, the HubSpot suite we use this counts as blogging. Every article, I mean, Andrew, you guys should be giving yourself a pat on the back for one one blog post a week with every one of these posts you you come up yeah. with, right? Like, they use the HubSpot blog uh, platform to create the network of subscribers to to the the platform and then my, my only other key tools are whoever else has access to this audience i'm trying to okay. recruit so the other tool is getting to know the people who control your marketing your database control the landing pages your public website pages if you've got a program like this you need to be hustling and getting to know these people and what they want and creating a program that will make it so they want to promote your program. Kind of like your audience, the target audience for me is the partners, but also I need to create a program that HubSpot's marketing team wants to promote as well, that the product team wants to send information in for. So it's a delicate nice. balance.
0: And I think that agencies that are listening to this, no matter what your life cycle is, the you can get into production as well. You don't have to be a massive, you know, global company like HubSpot to be to be hosting nope. webinars like this. Do you know, Nick, um, and I'm putting you on a spot here, but on the top of your head, do you know any agencies that you feel are really leading it in terms of running um, high-quality webinars, engaging folks in that way?
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would completely agree with you. There's no question that anybody could do this. Like, what I do has not, I mean, it really has not to do much with being at HubSpot, besides that I work with smart, awesome, hardworking people. Uh, I guess that's that's definitely an advantage you know, if you have that, but all the tools and the processes could easily be done. And and to prove it, you folks are one of the best examples. What you've seen here with Do Inbound and this this podcast here. Uh, if you look at the Sales Lion, uh, that that uh, partner agency, Marcus Sharon and George Thomas, and that whole crew, they do a fantastic job with this. And again, they keep it very light and easy. A Couple of laptops, Skype Skype call recorder, and a couple of you know less than a hundred dollar mics. Yep. You know, like, you know, Marcus Sheridan did, you know, chimed into one of their episodes from a parking lot outside of Target. Yep. You know, Uh, so very easy to do. They're doing a great job with it. They just have some lightweight show notes, a little bit of preparation, a little bit of improvisation. Uh, And then uh, Chris Handy from Think Handy, he's got a whole series of podcasts he's doing now. They're a small husband and wife team, but he just blocked out some time to do a few different podcasts there. Uh, So they're doing a great job with it. I mean, I'm, I know I'm going to leave some people out, but I think that what you are seeing is an explosion of more agencies uh, doing this. And again, if you want to see, we have an article where we covered about ten different one of our ten different inbound agencies that are, that have their own podcast series. It's a great idea to do it for me. I'm, I'm much more of a vocal person uh, than necessarily always writing down my blog. Content. Yeah, I
0: agree with you, Chris. Uh, Chris Andy is a great example. Um, mm-hmm. Love what uh, Marcus. And George are doing as well. We love the, the podcast format just because uh, it streamlines the content creation process. It gets us in another yep. medium. We're in iTunes now. Yep. Um, folks can consume mm-hmm. it on the road. And like you said, you yep. get another blog out of it. So it works well.
2: Yeah, I'm on the road so much. I'm just on the move. You know, I, I commute in an hour each way to HubSpot. Like, I need something I can listen to. And uh, we got a lot of that feedback too in HubSpot Academy when we created our content. We are so, we so happy to finally get our, our videos on mobile-optimized pages so you can pull them up and listen to them on the go. And now we're getting the inbound certification into, the, into iTunes for podcasts. podcast. The partner broadcast is now in podcast. Like we need to get the format out to where people can consume it best. It. You know,
0: Awesome. Yeah. All right. Last question. Let's shift sure. a little bit. I want to know about Nick Sal, the person here. And walk us through, what does a typical morning look like? You mentioned the commute, but how do you get geared up, fired up, ready for a new day?
2: Oh, that's an awesome question. Do you ask uh, the HubSpot partners that? Every single one. Or, not, or inbound agencies. They're, they're, they're not all HubSpot partners, nor do they need to be. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would be curious as well. Like, What do other marketing agency professionals – I just came back from doing that. Uh, just spent two days with this uh, agency, Media Junction, out in uh, in uh, St. Paul. And just I want to know the same thing. How do you guys start your day whatever? So for me, it really starts with the day before and double-checking, all right, what's happening tomorrow? Because sometimes – it's like I'm, gonna, I'm doing a webinar tomorrow. I'm on a webinar tomorrow. There's, you know, I'm presenting tomorrow. So I just need to make sure that I'm all set up for that and I have the things that I need. I'm dressed right. You know what I mean? And then uh, you know in the morning, typical morning here at the house, we just bought our first home just oh, awesome. south of Boston, which is nice. Yep. So, and that's why I, I got the last stop on the red line uh, in Braintree there. So, <laughs> so my, my sweet wife drops me off at the, uh, the, the train station typically most mornings. I jump on there and then I got an hour commute. In. So all of Boston starts filling up because this thing goes th- right through South Station and then uh, into into Kendall Square in Cambridge. And uh, I'm I'm on my phone. You know I I, I need to get a, a bigger phone. Even I'd love to have like just a big big ass <laughs> phone. You know uh, so I'm just because I'm doing work on there right. I'm I'm zoning out. I'm doing emails. I'm um, I'm reading. I'm looking through powerpoints that have been submitted and slides like so. I'm doing a lot of work on the go, which I I think. Helps me have sympathy for a lot of people who, who use mobile. I'm a very heavy mobile user, and then uh, and then into HubSpot. And typically, most mornings, our team has some sort of a, a meeting to to you know in the beginning of the week. What are we doing? We kick off with the whole team. What are our goals? What are we producing? We're doing. We we work on updating a, a certification, a whole series of videos every month, typically. So we're looking reviewing goals for that. Uh, so. And working through a lot of those types of meetings, and then sometimes I'm lining up meetings with other partners who I might be help interviewing to be part of our training, so coordinating with folks on that. Uh, we have training products. I mean, these videos are sometimes being viewed by hundreds, and in certain videos, thousands of people. There, we have a quarter of a million of visitors uh, typically to the to the academy levels of pages, you know every month. Wow. So we have to, So we we like get a lot of feedback and questions and emails and people wondering how to update their certifications. So there's maybe ten fifteen percent just customer related communications. We have forums on LinkedIn and in, inbound dot org and all these other places that you're like, oh, I haven't been there in a week. I gotta <laughs> go over there. And tell them I still care. Yes, yes. Oh great. Oh sorry, I missed this conversation from three days ago. I mean, we're just blasted with information. You know, and not to mention the company hires fifty or sixty more people or something like that on any given month, and you know, uh, you're talking with them, and there's Wiki posts to be read, so you just you just swim through the the, the data and the information. It's it's a lot of fun, uh, and, and then typically sometime around six, you, you, I walk back to Kendall Square. You know, I like it's, I like it's a mile walk from Kendall Square to HubSpot, nice. and uh, just reflect, and then you're back on there, back on your phone on the way over, just taking care of any loose ends or some, you know, any personal stuff that's come up so you can be focused on family. I mean, as you know, when you, with such a digital lifestyle, like you need to get some stuff done so you can just turn it off, you know? So once I get into the house or, you know, the wife gets home or whatever, turn that off. I'm done, you know? And, and sometimes I might, I'll admit, I'm sometimes a hard person in terms of responses back on emails, but I may make that choice if I've been on the whole nine, 10 hours, whatever it is, uh, yeah, some of those emails might wait a few days sometimes to get back to me, uh, the ones that aren't super-duper urgent because you just got to – you got to cut it off sometimes in this world. Oh, I totally agree. <laughs> Give yourself a break. I totally
0: agree. And it, anyway. you, you finally figure out that just being on top of it, like there's nothing that's going to come through that the world is going to crash if I wait until the morning mm. to get back to it.
2: That's it. That's awesome. it. All yeah.
0: right. So – now, Nick, you guys do a great job of creating content for a lot of people, not just folks who are partners. If there's anyone listening right now who is not a HubSpot partner but is fired up about building an inbound agency, where would you send them to tap into some of the resources that you're creating?
2: Yeah, I think that if you if you aren't using HubSpot, that, that doesn't matter at all. I think when with HubSpot Academy, we think about helping people do inbound, do great marketing, inbound marketing, inbound sales, you know content marketing, help them build an audience. And it just so happens that the platform that we all know, the platform that we're building to help do that, it happens to be HubSpot. But really, we have a lot of our training and education applies to any marketer uh, doing anything. And I'm a big uh, advocate of saying it's not a special, separate process just because you're an agency doing inbound on somebody else's behalf. Like, yes, there's some client project management stuff that you guys pretty much have taken care of with do inbound. You You get the right platform for that. Uh, a lot of it is just knowing those techniques that that work on any platform. So we have the inbound uh, certification, which is open to anybody who's just practicing inbound best practices, you know, attract, convert, close, and delight. Uh, and so you can go over to academy.hubspot.com slash certification. There's a free certification there for inbound. We also have a free uh, designer certification. So you can design on our product, on our, our CMS platform. Um, there's a lot of free, and not to mention just the, the hundreds of awesome, helpful articles that are available for free on HubSpot.com, on our marketing blog. We've got a team that blogs full-time on best practices to help any type of marketer do better. So I just head over to HubSpot, start clicking around. You'll find some juicy stuff. That's what the site's designed to do. Awesome.
0: Right? Love it. Nick, if anyone wants to reach out to you personally, what are one or two ways that they can get in touch with you?
2: Hit me up on Twitter, at Nick Inbound at N-I-C-K-S-A-L-Inbound. @n-i-c-k-s-a-l-inbound one word that's that is a handle that I just do business for inboundy hubspoty A lot of HubSpot partner agency stuff. Created a separate feed for that so people who just wanted that and not know what I ate for lunch today (laughs) or anything like that can just follow me there. That's a great place to do it. Uh, People like to reach out sometimes on LinkedIn. I'd like to actually have a conversation with you first in some way before I accept your LinkedIn invite. I feel like that makes the connections actually meaningful for both parties. So if you want to just follow, see what I'm thinking, I do a lot of that on Twitter uh, people can definitely reach out to me there. But I would encourage our HubSpot agency partners, if you want to hang out, uh, definitely go through the partner certification training and definitely come to Inbound this year. The Inbound event is in September of this year. Go to Inbound.com. I'm doing a whole half-day training. Uh, there uh, at inbound that you can come hang out at so that's 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 basically it connect with me on twitter if you'd like and if you want to hang out in person get some hand on hands-on training and stuff like that come to inbound this year go to the training awesome
0: day. Nick. thanks for sharing that thanks for coming in and just sharing a little bit about your processes how you run things keep up the great work thanks for all
1: you're doing for the agency community
2: right back at you andrew i just i love what you guys are doing i want to support it 100 percent. it's the right thing this
1: episode of Inbound Agency Journey is brought to you by Do Inbound, the world's first project and process management tool built specifically for inbound marketing agencies. If you want to learn how to manage, track, and scale your inbound agency with a pre-built and proven system, visit doinbound.com slash journey. Again, that's doinbound, all one wordcom forward slash journey. Now, back to the show.
3: All right. Well, welcome back. Um, this is Gray McKenzie and I'm joining Andrew here to recap his conversation with Nick Sal. Uh, Andrew, what, uh, what were some of the takeaways and what were some of the ways that Nick inspired you to think differently about what we're doing with our agency?
0: I love, I love Nick's focus, um, on partners and just the perspective he has Being able to work with so many of them at HubSpot. Um, the big takeaway I had was you have to own your success and, I think when you come into a program like HubSpot or another uh VAR program like that where they offer a ton of training, a ton of support, a ton of resources, uh even though all those resources are in place and you you have them at your fingertips, you have to f- you have to take them and find a way to apply them to your business and to your vertical and to to your growth. You have to own that. And I thought that was a really good point. Um that it can be easy to get there and say, "Well, if I just uh, watched another video, if I just had a template to do this, I would figure it out. But at the end of the day, you have to move forward and take those things and adapt them for what you want to do. Uh, and if you don't do that, you don't take ownership of that. You're not going to see the growth that you could if you, uh, if you hadn't done that.
3: Right. I back you up on that. I think there's a huge difference between taking templates and swapping your logo on them somewhere and pushing it out and the success you'll have with that versus taking the templates and the resources that are provided as here's square one and then building on it and iterating and moving forward from there.
0: Yeah. Did you have any major takeaways after listening to it?
3: Um, The one thing that kind of uh, stood out to me, this is something that we've discussed a little bit before, but just Nick's whole, his entire program is built around customer nurturing and building a community for customers with do inbound. That's something that's been a major focus for what we're doing, but with guava box, We have not done a very good job of that um, in the past, building a community among our customers. So there's obviously, when you're working in a retainer relationship, you've got weekly check-ins, monthly strategy meetings, quarterly powwows. The list goes on of how you're meeting one-on-one with customers. But what's happening to continue educating them as a group and building a community among your customers? So that stuck out to me as an opportunity that a lot of agencies could be taking advantage of and that uh, that I'd like to see improve at GuavaBox. And I'd also be curious in knowing if you're an agency who's listening to this right now and you are doing, whether it's um, ongoing educational webinars or you've got a group where your customers can talk or obviously a lot of folks who are involved with, uh, with HubSpot user groups can bring their clients there. That's something that we haven't done is bring our clients um, to user group meetings before. But how is that? How are you bringing the community together right now? And if you're not and thinking about it, I'd be curious too to know what ideas um, folks have for what that might look like.
0: Uh, yeah, it all comes back to buy-in. Uh, and that's something that Ben and I talked about on a recent Happy Client Show podcast is using every meeting as an opportunity to educate and you know, continuing to get that buy-in after the first contract is signed. Don't view that as – the end of your work as a salesperson or as a marketer, that's really only the beginning. Once they've paid you money, you're now at a new level in the relationship, but the work isn't done yet. I think diving in, creating special content webinars, maybe on a monthly basis for your customers, or hosting some sort of a happy hour, depending on how many customers you have, where you can come together and answer questions and meet each other, could be a really cool and fun way to differentiate your agency from what your competitors are up to. Um, and also, just like continuing to teach them about what's happening in inbound, you know, what do what do your clients need to know about in terms of recent changes to Google? Not just like on your blog, but can you can you hone it down to your customers? Show them what they need to know and how you and your team are reacting to that. All of those things could be really really helpful. And I think Nick laid out a great framework for how to put together a live production like that. Um, so. There's some tools and resources there, and also highlight some examples of some other agencies that are doing a really good job of that sort of thing.
3: Yeah, I think uh, I think that this episode will be helpful f- to get people thinking about that. Um, hopefully, that turbocharges our efforts as well um, yeah. here at Guava Box. So,
0: and that's I just got an idea. If you're coming, let's say you sell a game plan, an inbound game plan to someone, and that's the first step in the relationship. Um, but through that three week process of building that inbound game plan where you're you're diving in with the core team and bringing in customer-facing representatives and really introducing them to inbound for the first time. If you had, as a part of your inbound game plan process, a customer education series that you could roll people into, now you're just showcasing so much value uh, to that team and you are building on the time you you spend face-to-face there. So there are tremendous opportunities out there for not only long-term commitments and getting them to sign again, but if you bring in someone for a short-term commitment, like a website redesign, or you just sell a strategy to someone, or you're just doing coaching and consulting with them, uh, putting together a program like this could be a great way to continue that relationship and build the upsells as you move down the line.
3: Yeah, that's it. well, that's kind of exactly what I was thinking, Andrew, is how many website projects only, especially in the early years of Guava Box, how many only website projects have we done? And then just kind of dropped off the map. Um, In some cases, we would do their WordPress website hosting for them, and so have a little bit of interaction, Mm -hmm. but really just kind of completely drop them after that. They didn't have a whole lot of interest. Maybe it was a client we shouldn't have taken on. At this point in the business, that's a client that we uh, wouldn't – most of those clients would be clients that we wouldn't take on um, today without having the conversation about the bigger picture, but – Uh, How many of those clients could we have helped out even more had we been um, investing in the continuous education and uh, and continuing to build on that relationship? Because you've already – that is a huge part of the sales process to move them towards something else is, hey, we had a really positive web design relationship experience. Um, So this is a big uh, step up for a big edge that we have over over the competitors when it comes time to do more online marketing is they already had a good experience with us. Um, but by just kind of letting them drop cold after that, or the very rare, um, you know, like Happy Holidays email, whatever it was <laughs> uh, back in the day, like that does nothing to continue to add business, add value to their business. So I, that's that's uh, definitely an opportunity that a lot of folks, especially when you're starting out or you're or mm-hmm. you're coming from a different type of agency, transitioning into inbound is. Uh, I guess you have to make the decision which clients are worth having and which clients are worth. Uh, is it going to be more valuable just to separate with now? But if there are clients who you would like to to convert um, and who just need someone to coach them through that process, then that's a that's a great opportunity to continue to grow your agency.
0: I love it. I think that you can present value in a non threatening way at all to those clients um, if you set it up in that sort of an environment. Whether it's you know upselling a game plan to the next level, or if it's upselling a website to the next level or even an existing retainer, getting more work out of it, adding a campaign to it, continuing to push people forward and get that buy-in because I think the buy-in on the emotional level is so much more important than even the ROI that they see because you can deliver ROI for a client, but if they don't have the emotional buy-in that that inbound is working for them, at the end of the day, great, it's not going to matter. We've seen that with some of our clients in the past that we've done a poor job of communicating with who didn't get it, quote-unquote get it. Um, so maybe use some, some ongoing customer webinars to help you out through that process could be the key for some of these folks who are getting them rolling.
3: Yeah, definitely agree with that. Cool. Well, let's wrap this puppy up here. Um, thank you for listening to this episode of inbound agency journey to grab the show notes, just head over to do slash podcast. Um, obviously any feedback that you guys want to send our way is always valuable. Even if you just want to shoot us over an email or a tweet or LinkedIn message just to connect and, uh, let us know that you're listening and we can stay in touch. If there's ever any way that we can help you out, we want to know that. Uh, you can connect with us on Twitter. Andrew is at Andrew J. Dimsky and I'm on there as, uh, at S. Gray McKenzie. Um, and until the next time, keep moving your agency forward and think about ways that you can be improving, Your marketing to existing customers.
1: Thank you for listening to Inbound Agency Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash podcast. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe or leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey.